Hi, I'm David Pogue. Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your digital home for the RVing lifestyle. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com for additional information about each episode. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And it's probably not a surprise for you to hear that we are talking to you from our at-home studio once (laughs) again. Oh, yes, we are. In these COVID times, we may find ourselves saying that a lot, even though we still have a glimmer of hope for a trip to the Northwest that takes us into Canada. Fortunately, Mm -hmm. at the moment that I am speaking to you, Canada is not interested in having any of us Jeremy people come up there. So that's Mm -hmm. not looking good. Canada looks like it'll be on the back burner for a while. Hopefully we can do it again next year. But at the present time, if this trip is canceled, which is a 58-day caravan... Wow. We were really excited. Looking yes, forward to it. Yes, and we planned on this for, for years. two years. But I, and I think you probably are in a similar situation. Of course, we make this podcast so that you can listen to us on the road. Oh, no one's going to listen for two years. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how are you listening to us, dear listener? We appreciate your continued listening, even if you have to listen to us at home. Or in your You're car. not listening to us on the golf course. You're not listening to no. us. Oh, well, it could be, if, depending on where they live. So maybe you're Some sitting in your easy chair course. thinking about RVing and, and travel. So while you have nothing else to do when you're not listening to us on, our, on the podcast, you can go to the website. And you are currently listening to the RV Navigator, episode 181. No, 182. <gasps> 182. That's wow. what it says here. For June... I lose track of everything. Well, especially now. Every day is the same. of 2020. A year, year that we would all rather forget. Oh, it's going to be very interesting to see how we view this year in a year. <laughs> anyway, we hope that you will go to all the links on our website. Um, I've spent a fair amount of time this month uh, keeping, the ups- keeping the website up to date. I've added a new section of the best photos from the calendar. And you know, you can download a nice calendar photo for your wallpaper from our website every month. So for those people who go back and listen to really old shows, I I had this thought. Oh, that's right. I was going to listen. I had this thought that we would run out of things to say today because we haven't been camping and aren't going to be camping. And so I thought, I thought. There are people who write us and tell us that they listen to old podcasts, and I surely haven't. Uh, So I wanted to go back and listen to episode six, just because I picked that number. And I usually get our podcast from iTunes, and I discovered that episode six was not there. And you told me that it was on the website where I never bothered to look. So I listened to episode 10 instead. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really, really afraid to ask. How did we sound? What were we doing? I was shocked how... Well, maybe we should just repurpose some of the old podcasts. That's it. They're doing that on late night shows, just showing old stuff. I was surprised how good we sounded. Really? Pat myself on the back. It was coherent, informative, and the things we were talking about then were still true today, and I could see them being useful to somebody. I was shocked. So with all the time that our listeners have, they could go back and listen to some of the old podcasts, except episode six, apparently. 
Definitely. So is episode six accessible on the website that you've been working on cleaning up and making? Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow he has this face that makes me not a total believer. So I'm going to have lots to do in the next month. Well, it looks like you're going to have lots of time, too. Yes, because where are we? We are at home where we have been for the last month. You know, we came home from Florida and spent three days driving home without any real problems. And now we are here. Doing nothing. Doing nothing. It's been uh, an exciting month, to say the least. Not Not very exciting. But we do like to hear from you. And we've had several very interesting emails that uh, piqued our interest. Somebody wrote about a mouse problem. They had stored their RV for a long period of time, longer than they hoped that they would need to, and lo and behold, when they got back to it, it was full of mice. And this is a topic that we see regularly on all sorts of Facebook posts and wherever else we, we read about RVing. And from my perspective, there is no real answer to this question unless you live in Antarctica or have an air-conditioned sealed-up garage where you can put your RV and keep all those pests out. We read about steel wool. We read about Irish yeah. spring. Yeah. Um, you have uh, used traps with Peanut butter baits. Which works great, as far as I'm concerned. But it's kind of heartbreaking. I would just assume... Give me a break. It's a mouse. I would just assume that they not come in. But apparently... But if they are, they're in danger. There's nothing you can do. Is that what our our conclusion is? Yeah. And we also had the the ant guy out. Yeah, that was in Florida. Florida's a whole other level of pestilence. (laughs) And as you know, we bring our RV back just to let it freeze. (laughs) Although... We did have a little bit of freezing weather here in Illinois. In, after in, we came back. After we came, so I went out and turned on the furnace oh, so we didn't have to winterize it's it. It's weather. What can we say? Oh, for just a few days. But So if we leave it in Florida, we're worried about now, bugs. So. We're worried about things getting moldy. If we bring it up here, we for sure have mice. Do they have mice in Florida? Do people oh, complain yeah. about Oh, are factors? you kidding? Florida, has, Florida has a lot of things. So we're sorry we don't have a good answer to solve that problem. Um, my overall advice is to visit your RV regularly and catch them while you can. So is the United States ready to reopen all of its stuff? It looks like things are beginning to open, but on our map here of states that are ready to reopen, there are only two green states. That's bad news. Well, And if you want to look at this map... Uh, you can click on our website and you'll see the link to it. It's updated regularly, but it tells you which states are in good shape and which states are in bad shape. And unfortunately, Illinois is in the yellow zone. Florida is in the red zone. Although it's much wider open than we are. We try really hard not to be political on this podcast, and I'm very sorry that this horrible disease that at the moment I'm speaking to you has killed over 100,000 Americans already has become such a politically contentious thing. I don't know what to say. Yeah. We live in in an unsafe state. We still can't play tennis. We can't. You can have a twosome on the golf course. You're suffering there, from the, the bad rest, haircut that I gave you. None of the restaurants you. are open. And, yes, I'm suffering from a, a haircut. That was would... worth what you paid for it. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> she gave me a free haircut. A free haircut, and I love free. However, this could I'm ready some... to go pay. <laughs> But Florida is open and they're doing all of these things, but their trending is up and our trending is down in Illinois. So what does that mean? It's hard to know what to do. Yes. But 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are occasionally suggesting some YouTubes that you might like to listen to. Good escapism. Watch, rather. Good escapism. Yeah, because uh, a lot of people are interested in going to Alaska. And we started watching a series that was done by a couple called uh, Morton's Morton's On The Move. And they are doing a multiple-part series on their their trip to Alaska. And I know that many of you have Alaska on your bucket list. And if you're interested in a fairly detailed description about how to go and do Alaska, this is the series for you. And because it's a video, you get to really see what you could see there. Yes, and they did a very nice job. It's professionally produced, although it's just the two of them. And it is sponsored by Lance... Truck Camper yeah, Company? Truck Camper Company, right. And that's an interesting way to travel, but they're traveling, uh, interestingly enough, and boondocking most of the time. Uh, I think they said 60% of the time they're boondocking, and they're doing it only with lithium batteries, which is very interesting also. You know, no is the whole series done? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It was in 2019. Uh-huh. So they, but so that it is... You could it, binge watch it. It is fairly recent. Yes, you could. And we should. We are about... Uh, halfway through or so the other one our other big passion you know is the cruise <laughs> which has been canceled <laughs> <laughs> goes without saying oh will we ever what what our cruise is going to look like oh boy this is going to be a big change our next cruise is scheduled for the next year at this time in may of next year 2021 yeah but there's a very interesting series on ITV, which is in YouTube, called The Cruise. And it's a six-season, six episodes per season. Half an hour each. Half an hour each on The Princess Cruises. And it's an inside insider's look because it looks at the crew, not what's going on on the passenger side. So, on, as a rule, I didn't know, for instance, that you could bring the ashes of your beloved along with you. <laughs> Well, we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> and they have a special little ceremony where you can dump the ashes overboard. At sea, when you're far enough away from land. When you're listening to old people, old people start to think about those things, especially these days. Yeah, and most of these cruises are done, well, they don't have many kids on them. But anyway, they do Alaska cruise, they do uh, Australia cruise. Mediterranean. They do Mediterranean. So they take the, some of the princess ships and follow Caribbean. Right. So it's a pretty interesting series, and you might want to take a look at it. And that's called The Cruise. And both of those two I have links to, but they're on YouTube also that you can just do a search and find them. Long before we came home, the whole country was already locked down and isolated. And I started seeing funny posts on Facebook about people who had all these plans to do things, cleaning and organizing <laughs> things in particular. And, you always say that. And even though they were bored out of their gourds and had already been home for six weeks, they found themselves not really doing any of them and right. coming to the conclusion that they didn't do them because they didn't want to do them. <laughs> the time was not the problem. Now, now. Now we are home for now, six now. weeks. <laughs> with the whole summer to go. And, and no how place are we doing with projects? So, for instance, have you waxed your shower? I never heard of such a thing. You did, though, didn't you? I did, absolutely did. In the motorhome. Here we have tiles, so I can't So I'm going to fall it, down when I take a shower? Well, did you fall down? No, not yet. Uh, I we, had, we had lots. Remember, we had two months back in Florida where we, we had nothing doing to do either. Boring, silly tasks. So have you vacuumed all of your bays? That needs to be done, especially yes. if you carry wood. Have you touched up all the paint chips? 
That you do that annually, don't you? Sometimes. Yeah. Have you cleaned the windows on both sides? You did that this year. I know you did. Have you deep cleaned the carpets? We don't have much carpet anymore, which is a good thing. Have you touched up the undercoating? (laughs) Blank stare there. Yeah. No, I guess not. No. Um, Did you? Now, my neighbor, I found him with a toothbrush. (laughs) (laughs) Even I haven't done this. (laughs) With a toothbrush, he was cleaning the rims of his tires. Oh, my. Why a toothbrush? For the nooks and crannies? For all the nooks and crannies. Now, of course, you To could. make it last longer <laughs> so you wouldn't have to think of another job. <gasps> yeah, I guess so. Was he using toothpaste? Well, that's it. Well, that's the point. Was no, he, he wasn't using, using toothpaste. He was using some other cleaner, but uh, with a toothbrush rather than using a rag or something on your... I mean, everybody cleans... No, not everybody cleans your rims, but I clean my rims, but I don't do it quite with that much detail. You know, you got to get around all of the... The lug nuts and stuff. You got to get in there and get all the crap out of okay. the crud out of there. Uh, <coughs> and of course, you could always give your husband a haircut. I guess more than once. Now that now that your hair is dry, I can see some places that I should have done more on. <laughs> we spent uh, half an hour. Yeah, and I watched three videos. <laughs> She's a slow learner, ladies and gentlemen. I think I did okay on the edges. It's all the well, layers. Well, there actually is much too much hair still. Well, and, and then the other problem is that I really like his hair long, and he really <laughs> likes his hair short. So when I'm the one doing the cutting, guess what? <laughs> so this seems a lot. Have you watched the movie Groundhog Day? Yes, I do. You like know what it. it's about? Yes, you do, of course. But to okay. our listeners, if if they're of a certain age, that's an old movie. Yeah, but I'm, Murray, that's what I'm saying. Do, Murray, yeah. do, if you haven't watched Groundhog Day, it's a perfect for suitable the, for these times. <laughs> exactly, because what it is is a guy who. Repeatedly repeats the same day for months on end. Now, does that sound like times now? Like COVID times? Yes. Yeah. Depending on what you are doing, I would say if people are working in so the I healthcare like- profession or are in the grocery stores, they are plenty busy. Yes, but Depends for those of are. us who are retired and waiting for the COVID <coughs> bans to be lifted, we just get up and do pretty much the same thing every day, and every day is the same. <gasps> And quite honestly, is Saturday the new Monday? Is Monday well, the new Saturday? Quite honestly, a lot of those days are a lot like our retirement days. Well, you're not supposed to say that, though. We live an exciting and adventurous life. When we travel, we do. But when we're home, we like we like we come home to Illinois to, to do be, stuff in Chicago to be the, near the big city because we like to do the stuff that the city has to offer. And Chicago's locked down. We missed down. bike the drive where you get to buy drive on Lakeshore oh, Drive. We where all the concerts have been canceled. The Broadway stuff that's in Chicago has been canceled. The stores are closed. The roads are ripped up so you can't get into the city. <laughs> well, that's a good time to do that, I guess. I guess so. So jeez, we haven't been to Chicago since we've been home because there's nothing at all to do. No. All the festivals no. that we used to go. Oh, boy. Very sad. And of course everybody's worried about how those things will come back. There is a little bit of humor that we can bring about from the COVID. Well, we gotta experience. try. Yeah. So for instance, Finland has just closed their borders. No one will be crossing the finish line. Ooh. <laughs> what have I got to read? So many coronavirus jokes. It's a pandemic. Bad news. Do we really have to read all these? Yes. Due to the quarantine, I'll only be telling inside jokes. <laughs> <laughs> now is not the right time to surround yourself with positive people. 
there will be a minor baby boom in nine months. And then one day in 2033, we shall witness the rise of the quarantines. That I like. T-E-E-N-S. Generation X and millennials will be the quarantines. Why do they call it the novel coronavirus? It's a long story. I'll tell you a coronavirus joke now, but you'll have to wait two weeks to see if you you got got it. (laughs) I ran out of toilet paper and had to start using old newspapers. Times are rough. (laughs) The New York Times. Oh, and the last one. What do you call panic buying of sausage and cheese in Germany? The worst case scenario. It's W-U-R-S-T-K-A-S-E. The worst case scenario. Yeah, well, I'm not German. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, we hope you can laugh along with us and enjoy the humor when it comes by. you got to try. So, last month we talked about the Kinza, and we've been Crowdsourcing our... Crowdsourcing our, our temperature. temperature, and we have uh, religiously been sending our temperature, and we have been in good shape. We have not uh, had the virus yet. That Trying we to up the healthy statistics in Illinois. And this month, we bought an oximeter. It was stunning to me no, to read about people who had the virus yes. who were laughing and talking and doing stuff on their cell phones in the hospital and then suddenly keeling over right. because they had no sensation that they weren't getting any oxygen until they passed out. Right. That's horrifying. So an oximeter is that thing that you've seen in the doctor's office that they put on your finger and it measures your blood oxygen. And ours cost about 50 bucks. Ordered it from Amazon. And they were in short supply for a while. Yeah, it took it a while to get here. But what it does is you stick it on your finger so there's no invasive, no nothing invasion, invading you. And you stick it on your finger and you can do this frequently because it only takes 10 seconds to do. You turn it on and it measures your blood oxygen. And the thing they found with the virus is, is that it causes low levels of oxygen if, if it gets into your lungs and then... You pass out. But unlike having pneumonia or a bad cold, you have no sensation that your oxygen level is low. That's why you need the oximeter. Right. So the oximeter measures your blood oxygen, which should be in above 95%. You might want to think about getting one for your family. I think it's something nice to have all around, and it and it checks to see when your blood oxygen is too low. Because if it's too low, you need to immediately go to the... Right away. Right away. Even if you're young. I had to kind of laugh to myself. We talked to you last month about how safe we felt when we did the drive back from Florida and how we were in our yes. little bubble and we hardly ever had to get out of it. And now there's been this flurry of stories in the news of other people finally catching on that RVing is a very safe way to travel, especially during these COVID times. And that rental and buying of new RVs is actually picking up. It kind of went down for a while, but people are realizing that having this little bubble of security around you all the time is a great idea and that they're expecting summertime RVing to be a very popular thing to do, especially for new people. So maybe some of them will come and listen to the RV Navigator. You'll have to tell your friends. <laughs> come and listen to the RV Navigator. As long as the RV parks don't get too full. But as Ooh, we're not going to be there. Many private parks are 
privately owned small businesses, and I'm mm, I'm delighted that, that yes, they can absolutely. can make a living during this time when so many other small businesses are struggling. So, so we have a couple of articles uh, on, on the website that uh, detail this. So there's a long one in the the Chicago Tribune about RVing and how popular it's going to be in the upcoming months, which is really kind of a shock to us because we expected well, RVing to be. We always knew it, and now everybody else is catching on. <laughs> it's okay. Now, do you wear a mask? I do because it's required in the state of Illinois. Whenever uh, I go to have. a store or a business concern, go into a hospital for a blood test. And why I, do you wear a mask? I have to wear a mask. I wear a mask to protect other people uh-huh. because if I cough or sneeze, stuff in my nose or in my mouth could come out. And if it had virus in it, I would give it to other people. And in your car. I see many people in Illinois wearing a mask. But, and wearing gloves. But I figure the only person I'm coughing at is you, and you probably already have been exposed to all my germs anyway. I think it's it was confusing because at the beginning of this, we were told not to bother with masks, that they didn't do any good. I think the real agenda there was they didn't want us to buy masks because the healthcare people really needed them. But now there seem to be plenty of them to go around most of the time. I'm saying that kind of hesitantly. And certainly people have been making them for themselves. And it seems like kind of a what the heck. If you can keep someone else from getting sick from your germs, they're hot, they're kind of uncomfortable. I'm not getting into that fashion mm-hmm. statement yeah, <laughs> health I mask agree. fad, which is also going on. It just seems kind of like a what the heck. And we bought new colored ones that will be very Are those fashion statements? Absolutely. So we're going to be very much in style. And as a matter of fact, Amazon might be even delivering more today. So we'll have multiple colors we can decorate. How will I decide? But I have a big problem with my phone. Why? It doesn't know know who the hell I am. You can't. Yeah, you can't. I look at my phone and it says, who are you? You have to put in your code number. I thought they were going to do something to make that more... Well, so the well, you have to type in the password. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I keep my grocery list on my phone, and I have to keep logging in. And every time I buy something, I have to log in again. It's kind of annoying. Yes, that's the way it goes. There are a lot of posts frequently that people you say, "Why didn't you just look in your manual for the answer to the question you're asking me?" Somebody had about the thermostat the other day. They said, but the fan on my air conditioner is on all the time and I can't figure it out. Well, the problem was is that they had the fan turned on at the thermostat. And if they'd read the thermostat manual, they would know that. But what's the problem? Finding the right manual? Finding the manual. Finding the right information in the manual? As an old person and as someone who got um, 10 pounds worth of manuals with each of the motorhomes we've owned, my natural tendency is to to paw around in these giant pieces of paper trying to find the right answer. And it's rarely the case that I find it. So I was delighted to read about somebody who was downloading manuals, who was scanning manuals, who was organizing the stuff in the manuals by keywords and all the things you can do today as a computer literate person. Person, you know, when what was it? Oh, when we blew up our batteries, and I was madly yes. trying to figure out who to call and what to do. Uh, that sort of information in an emergency, you want to have at it right away. You don't want to be looking and around. It needs in books. to be available wherever you are. Right. So I always download the manuals for all of our devices so that I have them. So that I don't have to actually download them, but I put them in a service like Dropbox. Dropbox allows you to store things and have access to them no matter where you are. And they're in PDF format. 
and PDF stands for Portable Document Format, which was developed by Adobe a few years ago. It's not new. Not new at all, and everything comes as a PDF. The advantage of having it as a PDF instead of a Word file or as a JPEG image, or you know, if you scan it, you're going to probably have it as a JPEG. You have it as a PDF because you could do word searches on it. That's the big plus. So that it's in a standard format, can be read by your laptop, your iPad, your tablet, whatever device you have, the PDF format is viewable. So I have all my manuals all the time. Whenever I need it, it's there. And I can just call it up and read it as I need it. I don't have to go looking through big boxes. And if you're lucky enough to be... RVing with a gizmologist like I am, who takes out your old electric stovetop and gives you a brand new induction stovetop, you can easily delete the manual for the old electric stovetop and insert the brand new one for the induction, and your stuff is always current. It's a remarkable thing when you have so many systems to keep track of, which can become a nightmare. RVing is the future of vacationing. As my has been pointed out frequently, and lately the future of the American vacation, at least for a while, will be RVing. As cruise lines continue to struggle and other countries mind their borders carefully, sheer good sense will dictate that perhaps the safest way to vacation for the time being will be to buy or rent an RV and see what this country has to offer. Flying in an airplane is kind of problematic, Ooh, too. We were assured that people would be seated far apart from each other, and then there was that TV footage of more than one full United flight and people being quite frightened by that and wondering whether they could get off and get on another plane. But these days, sometimes there isn't another plane because not that many people are flying. Yeah. It's a vicious circle. So when you are in charge of your own fate, driving your own RV exactly. down the road, travel can remain a pleasure. Now let's talk about a fun topic, which we have many times... And that is sewer backups. Fun with poop. Well, this is even more fun with poop because this is fun with your drains no matter where they are. Okay. You know, one of the things that people think that their RV is the same systems as their house. Now, we know that the electric systems are very different because there's a 12-volt and a 120-volt system. And the sewer system and the water system are also very different than that one in your house, even though... It comes out of the faucet. It's heated and stuff just like it always is at, the, at your house. You are responsible for all of the connections. And one of the things that people ask frequently is, should I use Drano in my RV sewer system? Not, it's not a septic system. It's a sewer tank. Drano is for clogs, right? Yeah. My drain in my... It's not draining properly. It's not draining properly, especially in the shower where all the hair goes. What do you do? You put Drano down it? I think you're not supposed to. It's no, too I don't think so. caustic. Yeah, I would think it's very caustic. Understand that unlike at your house, where you don't really know where the where the clog is, and it goes all the way out to the street into your septic tank someplace, goes a long way, your sewer tank is immediately below your feet. It's less than two feet away from most of the drains in your house. Well, that's a pleasant thought. Well, that's where it's stored. And... You might have the dreaded pyramid of poop, which is a whole different story. But if you have just a clogged drain, you don't pour Drano down it. What should you do? They're very easy to unscrew the traps and just rinse it out. With water. With water or 
get something, a plunger in there. A poker. A poker. Because there's no long runs for the sewer to go. There's no place else that it's going to get clogged up. It just drains down into a tank, which is right below your feet. So it's the pipe itself is not going to get clogged up. It's going to be the trap, which is right <laughs> underneath the sink. And all the traps are have a little screw. You just unscrew it. Take it down, empty it out, and put it back. You don't need to use harsh chemicals. Now that we're in our la-di-da motorhome, I know we have a, a, a hose connection where you can put water into the sewage system through that. But when we had our fifth wheel, I remember I you running too. miles and miles of hose oh. into our toilet. Right. So that made me think that there was a lot more line. Is it just because it was coming from the outside? Well, that only deals with the tank. And it is possible that there might be a clog on the way out where your valve is, or there could be something wrong with the valve. That's a different issue, and that's not going to be fixed by Drano either. But what I did for a long time in the fifth fifth wheel wheel was there was a sprayer that I put down the toilet, and it would spray around, take the high-pressure water from the hose and spray it around and clean off the stuff that was in there and make sure that there wasn't a pile of of poop. Undesirable substances. <laughs> and if you do that regularly, you will not have any residue left in your tank. And now I have a, an external hose connection that is hooked up to the tank directly. But that, the, the tank is different than the clogs in the drains. You understand that? Uh-huh. So the tank can have its problems, which you don't have at home. You never, because you don't have a tank at home. The only thing you have is a pipe that goes out to the street. Take so there could be a clog any place along there, and you can't get at most of it. Whereas in your motorhome, everything is right there. You could take a plunger and stick it right down into the tank from the trap. Because one end of the trap goes down into the tank directly, and the other one goes into the sink. Well, so maybe are, not directly. So but. are there helpful chemicals for an RV or with a clog? You don't need it. Just water. You, you just well And a poker. I mean, I've never needed either one, but sometimes hair gets down there and you have to do it. But your trap for your shower is probably underneath and you can see it really easily. You just undo it, un- unscrew it, and... There it is. There it is. So that's not... A, shouldn't be too much of a problem. So I would be very cautious about using harsh chemicals. In another article, we had a, a comment this month. And now let's see what you think the non-technical half of the RV Navigator... Who, me? ...is going to evaluate this statement for validity. I feel like I'm being roasted here. No, you're not being roasted, but you're going to ask questions. This is about solar power, which is a very popular topic, and with more and more novices getting into RVing, they confuse what what solar power really can do and how it works. That's kind of a... Precursor to what? So the lithium battery is a red herring. It doesn't matter if it's a lithium battery or a oh, wet no, battery. No, it'll be a nice no, lithium battery. We can talk about that at a different time. But All right. and we're probably going to have an interview with a guy about lithium batteries next month. But we'll leave that. We'll just talk about a battery array. Okay. So the person says, "What would it take to maintain the equivalent of a typical 50 amp shore power connections with solar?" In other words. Are we at a point yet where it is financially viable to support at least two rooftop ACs and the other loads that would be needed on the roof of a 38 to 42 foot fifth wheel and have the ability to safely install and haul enough battery power? Just 
trying to weigh out the costs from all angles, including the fact that a generator install is also under considerations and limitations of water storage. So this person wants to boondock, apparently. They want to be able to run their air conditioners they and stuff. They want to have a stick-built home life. Okay, doctor, what's your evaluation of that? I have no idea, but I know that when we boondock, I hardly ever get to plug in anything. <laughs> Well, according I, to you, you never get to plug in anything anyway. And I have a feeling that we, we currently have three solar panels on our roof. We have room for a few more, but that wouldn't make enough of a difference. No, you're exactly right. Solar does not power anything in and of itself. The solar panels only charge batteries. And the batteries are inadequate for anything approaching a normal life. Exactly. Like two air conditioners. And 50 amp, that's, that's totally well, out. A person can dream. A person can dream, yes, and that's way, way too much. And even thinking about running air conditioners. Now, I know some of you are going to give me blowback about this. Because? Because they, can you run an air conditioner off of solar? Answer, Five yes. minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can you run an air conditioner off of solar? Technically, the answer is yes. But... You're not going to run it all night, period. Now, with these lithium batteries, I have come to learn that they have um, more capacity because you can run them down to the nubs instead of having to stop halfway as you do with a wet battery. Yes. So then you could run it for 10 minutes. No. Does Does it help? Well, it helps because you don't have to have as much battery capacity. So we have eight AGM uh, batteries, which give us about 950 amps. So of let's power, say hypothetically, of which we can use about 400. Hypothetically, we took all those heavy puppies out and replaced them with as many lithiums as we could cram oh, into that space. Yeah. Then, then. No. I still wouldn't have a normal life. No. <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. Because when you translate 12 volt into 120 volt, you lose. It's about. 10 times the amount of power that you'd have to have from a 12 volt. So the prob- the issue becomes you just can't have enough 12 volt to power all the things that you want to do. So we have the three panels so that it gives our refrigerator a good start and we'll keep it running pretty much indefinitely. Which is our primary concern. And when it's in storage, it keeps the batteries up to power. Hmm. But as far as comfort... You have to understand that if you have these uh, lithium batteries that you're going to put in, that it's about $10 per amp, so it's $1,000 per 100. So you're going to have a 100-amp battery, which is equivalent to a, to the standard car battery that you'd see in most motorhomes. And when you have that 12-volt system, it just can't power at 120 volts the things that you want to power. And I'm going to put a chart on our website that shows you the conversion so that if, for instance, an air conditioner is going to require uh, a lot of power. (laughs) But I can't see the chart. I could have told you that. Far too much, and besides that, you want to leave the air conditioner on most of the time. Yeah, you could run it for an hour or two, but who cares about that? You're not going to run the air conditioner for just a couple of hours. So I want to caution you, if you're thinking about solar, to think about, one, how much solar you're going to have. Two, it really depends on how many batteries you have. Much more than the solar. And they say you need about one and a half watts of solar to power each amp of battery. Now, can you bring yourself up to 50 amp comforts because you also have a generator? Generators are much more economical 
I mean, you can buy yourself a, a generator that will run a couple of air conditioners for about three, dollars $4,000, so whereas one lithium battery will cost you that. So then you can boondock. You just have to be careful not to park next to anybody because they'll or have hate a nice the noise. Qui- or have a nice quiet generator. I think generators get a very bad rap. Of course, you have to power them with some sort of fuel, but they are economical. They're, these days, they're quite quiet, and they're fairly light. So that's the way to go if you need to have uh, all the amenities running when you're boondocking. Uh, solar is just not there yet, and you can fill your roof with as many solar panels as you can buy, and you will not have enough to, to charge the batteries enough to run 50 amp. And, of course, 50 amp is not really 50 amp. That's another thing the guy doesn't seem to understand. 50 amp is really 100 amp because you have That's two legs. That's very confusing. I know. Oh, so, another project. You need to keep yourself busy during these at-home times. So what have you been doing? I have a bag full of old videotapes. 50 years worth. Fi- well, no, because... Video wasn't invented. I can remember. Yeah. Well, when no, literally. Literally. Yeah. In the, mid, in the mid-50s when they had the two-inch tapes. Right. We don't but, have any of those. Of course not. But my first VCR I bought in 1976. No, but that was, that, I didn't have a camera or anything like that. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So it's recorded, actually what you recorded I, TV shows. Then. Recorded yeah. TV shows on, yeah. on VHS tapes. I yeah. never went into beta, but uh, I had my first VCR then. Right. So it hasn't been around that long. <laughs> so 30 years? 40. Oh, my. I've been probably been recording them for 30 years. Yeah. Let's my say own. that. Let's say that. I don't care about the, the video. To us, thing. a drop in the bucket. To you, perhaps, a long time. <laughs> Depending on how old. Can you remember your first video? A lot of these, a lot of young kids can't even think about not having videotape. No, it was And, of course, there. videotape, they can't even think about having videotape because videotape is no longer around. Right. Uh, and they're right. Today's way of recording data is much more convenient, and that's why... That's why I'm in the process of digitizing all of my old tapes, because I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to play those tapes, and they have a lot of good memories on them. So we have hundreds, hundred tapes that I recorded, and frankly, we don't watch them because it's not convenient to watch them. You have to get out the machine and blah, 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 whereas if they were all stored on a nice hard drive, they'd be much more accessible. So I'm in the process of digitizing all of my old videotapes. And I did some research trying to figure out how to do this. These old videotapes that I have, they're all standard definition, which means that they are old video quality. And boy, there is a huge difference between an old TV and a new TV. But because they're all old old technology, they don't need the latest and greatest to digitize them. The quality of the recording is not that good. So I bought a gizmo off of Amazon. Of course. Which is a standalone video recorder, which has the standard RCA yellow, red, and white connectors on it that you plug into the back of your VHS machine or into your videotape recorder, uh, your camera, or whatever you happen to have. It then digitizes and puts it onto a SD card. It has a little screen so that you can see what's going on. And then you can take that SD card and put it into your computer, or you can use it as a storage device or whatever you want. SD cards are extremely inexpensive these days. I was afraid I would need hundreds of hard drives, but in fact, this is a gig an hour or so, so it's not very much uh, space that you need. You can put a lot on one little memory card, and it does a decent job of standard definition. Now, I'm not putting high def. 
because I don't have any high-def tapes. I don't have a high-def camera. And, of course, since I've been shooting with my digital SLR, that's all high-definition, and that's all digitized anyway. But aren't you going to have some problems when you get to the ones that you did do about 30 years ago because you no longer have the equipment well, that's or kind the of wires? Ne- or uh, <laughs> Talk to me next month. <laughs> That'll be next month's topic. I am focused right now on tapes that are about 20 years old. Oh. So I have tapes that are between 25 and 15 years old. And at some point, it must have been, when did we switch to cameras? It must have been in the early 2010 or 2011. We switched to still that cameras that did, that did video too. <clears throat> so that range between 1999 and 2010, I've been digitizing all those tapes. So that's been an interesting project. And this little box does a decent job. It's, you know, it's not for high quality, you know, see every little detail in the pictures, but it lets you see what's going on in the video that you shot. And it'll give you access to them because it puts them on the card and then you can put them in the computer and store them away for use. Now, I have talked also about uh, doing stills because I've done over 7,000 stills and negatives. You might want to consider doing that too because that's uh, another process. And I bought a little gizmo to do that. Um, And I put, of course, the links to these on the website. The Kodak, oh, what's it called? Oh, I lost the the link here. But the Kodak, uh, it's a Kodak device. You have to look on the website to get the link to it. But it, once again, is a standalone device and it has a screen And one of the nice things that it does, frankly, is if you have negatives, it takes them and turns them into positives. And, you know, color negatives have kind of a funny look to them. They have that very orange look to them. And all the colors are reversed. So to to change them over on the computer takes a fair amount of time. And this does it automatically. It does slides. It does negatives. And it works quite well. You've used a scanner for something. You can scan uh, in a couple of different ways. One is a lot of your pictures are probably in albums behind plastic, and that's a pain in the neck. But if you go and get a couple of apps, you can use your your phone to, quote-unquote, scan the pictures. You're not scanning them. You're just going to photograph them again, and the software will automatically cut them into individual pictures. So if you get Photo Scan by Google, which is an app for Android and iOS, you can easily scan one image at a time with some nice built-in tools such as automatic glare removal. So if it has plastic mm. or glass mm. over mm-hmm. the top of it, mm-hmm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. You can export the images to Google Photos or to your Photos app of choice on, an, on your iPhone. Image quality is reasonably good. File size is bigger than most, of, most apps of this type. And the app is free. <gasps> Another app that you can use to scan photos is Unfade. An excellent auto-correction tools built in. Syncs with iCloud can add some metadata. Can it color correct? A lot of our photos look kind of pink. I think you do that afterwards. Uh-huh. I don't know whether they do that simultaneously. And the last one is PicPIC Scanner Gold. This one gets the best reviews. Allows scanning of multiple photos at once. Very good option for scanning album pages. Can add metadata right there in the app. And metadata... She's coming up with the answer, ladies and gentlemen. What's the question? What's what, metadata? what is metadata? Information about when it was taken, where it was taken, who who is in it, what camera Exposure. did you use? Whoa, very good. You can add that information into each picture. It has medium resolution but very good image quality. And of course, you can use a flatbed scanner if you can 
put your hands on the pictures if you can actually have them as individual pictures. The key here is to take advantage of the scanning software that allows you to digitize multiple photos at once. You should scan at 600 dpi, should be fine for most uses, as well as JPEGs for the file type. Just about any multifunctional scanner printer will make great results. And so for $100, you can get yourself a decent scanner. You probably already have one on the top of your printer because it's a photo scanner also. And you can make very nice scans right there with your pictures. So... I know people that send them to India to be duplicated or archived. How does this compare? Besides that it's not your time if you pay somebody else to do it. To me, it's in this time of COVID-19. A wonderful project. (laughs) Wonderful project. Walking down sentimental lane. I think the quality of this is decent. Uh, My primary purpose is to archive them for mental conditions later when I want to look at them and say for your old age for my old age or whatever for passing along to the family you know they will be fine for that you're not going to take uh, great quality pictures so that you can print them off and to make uh, eight by tens these will be decent quality because you know you got a three and a half by five print so you're not going to make high quality so how does that sound it's, something like you could do it sounds like something that you could do and you have been I have been I've been having a lot of fun with this, Good. and you'll probably hear more about this later. Because we'll probably still be doing this next month. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a couple of apps that we'd like to recommend. A lot of people want to know about their budgeting. Trail Wallet is an interesting app that I found this month. It is an easy travel expense tracker for iPhone and iPad designed to be fast. It takes the headache out of expense tracking so that you can focus on the fun. So that sounds like a nice app because you want to track your expenses while you're traveling. And budget. But, of course, if you're not traveling, then you, you don't, don't need trail wallet. But they have all sorts of categories. I suggest you take a look at this uh, if you're looking for something to help you track your budget. Now, you skipped the question about somebody was watching a YouTube video and there were comments regarding an RV park that wouldn't allow them to use their mobile hotspot, (laughs) which left us with many questions. That's that's a jaw-dropping question. They wouldn't let you use use your your Verizon or your AT&T hotspot in their RV park. They wanted you to use their Wi-Fi. So they must have been making money? No. How would they know? How would they know you're using your hotspot? And what's it to them? All good questions. (laughs) And if anybody ever asks you to stop using your Wi-Fi hotspot... Just say, yes, ma'am, and go in the RV and close the door and turn it on. (laughs) What a crazy idea. How would they know? And what, one of the things they said was that if there, if there were everybody was doing it, there would be too many Wi-Fi hotspots in the area, and they would cause interference with each other, which, of course, is totally bogus. I suppose if a lot of people are streaming, it would slow everybody down No, no, bit, no, no. But no, that no, could no. happen to you at home, too. No, you're on your own hotspot. Yeah, but it's coming from well, that's, that's a not, cell tower. That's not the campgrounds. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Well, well, yes, of course. If a lot yeah. of people are doing it at once. But the, that has nothing to do with you having a hotspot and the next guy having a hotspot. They don't interfere interfere with each other on a regular basis. That's like that time we were in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and it was 104, <laughs> and everybody had their air conditioner on. And we blew out the... <laughs> and there was no power when yeah, it got Because we were at us. the end of the line. Yes. <laughs> you remember that, too. Yes. yes. That was fun. If anybody asks you not to use your hotspot, oh, this was, they had it on the rules and regulations 
questions as you came in because they said there were campground rules. That's what it said. I don't know. I'm I'm shocked. I've never heard of such a thing, but I can't imagine that anybody would be naive enough to think that it would be a problem. Yes. Even here in our village, we look at the number of hot spots that are available. And when I look on my list, there's at least 25 that I could log on to right now. In our immediate vicinity. And if there are 25 here, there could be 25 in a campground. And that's, I mean, if I walked a block, there'd be another 25. So that doesn't cause interference or really causes any problem. So in a campground. We just wish we knew their password. That's all. Be nice to be able to share. That's for sure. Yep. Now, if you got kids, you might want to take a look at this other new app. And this one is called iNaturalist. And it allows you to... Take your nature knowledge up a notch, this, uh, this app. Use the power of image recognition technology to identify the plants and animals all around you. Earn badges for seeing different types of birds, amphibians, plants, and fungi, and participate in the monthly observation challenges. Now, does, would a kid love this? Some kid. You give them a phone. They have a phone. And they go out and take pictures of things. And then they have to identify them. You could do it for extra credit. I would just think this would be fabulous. It would be fun. Get outside and point the seek camera at living things. Identify wildlife, plants, fungi, and learn about organisms all around you. Earn merit badges for observing different types of... Sounds like the Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. This is iNaturalist, and of course it's in the App Store. I'll put a link on our website for this if you'd like to take a look at it. Is it free? Is it free? I don't know. Of course it's free. Everything is free. (laughs) If it keeps your kids busy and out of your hair for a while, it's worth it. Boy, am I glad. All you poor parents that are homeschooling. So what do we have to look forward to in the next month now that we're near the end? Absolutely (laughs) nothing. We'll be right here speaking to you at the end of June. Talking about the same old stuff. Well, maybe we'll plan something. We can try. So... It'll be oh, it'll be a Groundhog's Day podcast. Okay, we'll just take this one and recycle and, it, <laughs> or maybe episode ten. Oh, good idea. We we could just we could just rename it. Oh, people will think oh, that's with well, updated comments. Especially if they can't listen to it off the website, they might not know that it's no ep- episode ten. They can. It's episode six. Okay, we'll take find. episode six and we'll just repurpose it. I'll just put a new <laughs> beginning. Oh, now this is a good idea. But just put a new beginning on it and say that it's episode one eighty two. Three. Perfect. What are we at? 182. Two. Oh, now that's that's an idea. And we'll just skip next month because we will be in Grand, Grand Hog Day Heaven. Or, dear listeners, if you can think of some questions that you want us to talk about. send us an email. <laughs> we'll be happy to put those on the agenda as well. All right. We've had enough fun for one afternoon. We sure have. Here at the end of May. And we certainly hope that your Memorial Day was a great one and that... Fourth of July is coming up. We have something to look forward to. But there's no fireworks. We have fireworks on on Memorial Day, but we didn't have them this year. No. You have to make your own. Fireworks? Well, depending on where you live. (laughs) If you live in Florida, it's okay. (laughs) We don't have to drive too far before we can buy fireworks. All right. So we will say goodbye and hope to hear from you and keep in touch with uh, your RV navigators and let us know what's going on in the rest of the world because we have no idea because we're stuck here in Chicago and it will be a long month. Stay healthy and stay happy. Happy Groundhog. Bye now.